0: cafe hey eric 17 years later we're still open 24 7
1: yeah your sign ought to read sorry we're open
0: come on man 24 hours
2: a day you know how tough that is that's a real service to the community
1: yeah the poison control center is open 24 hours too uh the TikTok tac cafe where the gluten is always free intersection of i-10 and causeway also known as the intersection of salmonella and high cholesterol Are you ready for the cold this year? Take it from me, Eric Asher. When it comes to getting my heating system ready each and every year, there's no one I trust more than my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. With 30 years of the business, they really know what they're doing, and they can work on any heating system. Burkhardt gets your system running right, and they can find and fix problems before you really need the heating system this year. Schedule your tune-up now with Burkhardt at acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. Tell them Eric sent you. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until 6 o'clock. Thanks so much for being there. 106.1 Nash icon. You can check us out on the World Wide Web at uh, ericasher.com. Also, again, uh, uh, the Nash FM 106.1 F, uh, FM uh, website, Nash FM 106.1. Also, um, iHeart Radio app, TuneIn Radio app great way to take the show with you anywhere again these uh, apps are absolutely free free downloads for you You can also catch the podcast on those apps as well and of course uh, our podcast is everywhere you can uh, check us out on the anchor podcast which is our home base but we're on your favorite podcasting platform and uh, thank you for listening to the uh, show either on the airwaves at 106.1 fm uh, again, air Anchor or your favorite podcasting platform or one of the iHeart or TuneIn Radio app or on the World Wide Web. We appreciate it. Uh, the award-winning Inside the Wallen Sports this week, Thursday at 1. Uh, live streaming also on the WLA-TV YouTube page at 1 o'clock on Thursday. Our first rebroadcast is 6 p.m. on WLE on Thursday night, 10 p.m. on The Deuce. Friday, 9 o'clock, Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock on LAE, 2 a.m. on The Deuce. Saturday mornings and Saturday afternoon at Pelican Sports. Um, Saturday afternoon on Pelican Sports Television at five p.m. All right, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints podcast is going to join us uh, at five thirty-five. Uh, there was a trade today for the New Orleans Pelicans. We'll get into that in a moment. Dennis Allen was uh, named the head coach of the New Orleans Saints yesterday. He met the media today, had his formal introduction. Uh, there is a, a press conference this afternoon. Uh around 4.30, at least that's what we're being told, uh, with, with David Griffin explaining the uh, trade uh, that went down between the Portland Trailblazers and the New Orleans Pelicans today. Uh, hopefully, again, uh, if we have the opportunity, we'll try to take that live for you um, at the bottom of this hour. Uh, and, of course, as always, uh, we'll take your phone calls a bit later on in the program. So a lot going on. We'll also get into crime uh, once again here in the city. We'll talk about that as we go forward on the show today. So a pretty full show here on Inside New Orleans. And uh, we start with, again, the Pelicans trade. Um, Kind of, uh, I guess it's tough because uh, I like the way this team is playing right now. I realize this team has flaws. There's no doubt about it. Um, This team has gelled. I give a lot of credit uh, to, um, to the staff for that but also, again, the buy-in from the players uh, when, you, when you talk about the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, but this is a trade that, again, when you look at the situation right now with um, uh, where the Pelicans are, where they hope to be in the future, um, that immediately this makes the Pelicans a better team. There's no doubt about that. I'm a little surprised the Pelicans got as much as they did. Uh, I am a little sad. That again, there are a couple of players that are leaving this team. That, that again, I I think that if they would have allowed to been allowed to be able to stay in New Orleans, uh, they would have continued to flourish or eventually would have uh, would have gotten their game together, and and would have been a, a significant um, uh, role player, if not starter, uh, for this team. Uh, but I th- overall, I think if you look at the deal and you just look at it on its merits, I think the Pelicans won the deal. And uh, that's that saying a lot when you look at what they were able to receive. Without, that, uh, without uh, further ado, let's, let's just go through it. First of all, Josh Hart uh, was moved as part of this deal. Uh, Tomas uh, Saturnowski was a throw-in. Again, no big deal there. Kind of thought he would be an inning deal. Nikhil Alexander Walker wh- was part of this deal. Again, I've talked about him over and over again. How I feel about the upside of Nikhil Alexander Walker, Didi Lozada, who again is coming off a knee injury. Uh, he was he was pl- part of this deal. The 2022 Pelicans protected first round pick. Now that is go- that is that p- p- pick goes to the uh, Blazers. Uh, if it um, ultimately if it is between five and fourteen, it is protected number one through four. Uh, So the Pelicans win the coin flip uh, or or, I'm sorry, coin flip. The Pelicans win the uh, uh, the 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 ping pong balls. The Pelicans win the ping pong balls. Uh, They're going to they're going to hold on to that pick between one and four, which means they would not make the playoffs, which, again, after this deal, you would think that they're going to make the playoffs. Okay, after this deal, especially with maybe Zion coming back and maybe that's what this conversation this afternoon is going to be about. Uh, Maybe it'll be more than just. Uh, a situation where they're talking about uh, the trade today, but maybe we're getting a little bit more insight into what's going on with Zion. Uh, there are also, there were two future second-round picks that were attached to this deal. Let me go back to the first-round pick for a moment. If it's 5-14, to 14, it goes to the Blazers. If it's 15-30, to 30, it goes to the Charlotte Hornets. So I'm guessing that Hornet, uh, the, the, the uh, pick, Going to the Hornets, would it, would it be for Deontay Harris? I always thought that was the second round pick that was going to um, uh, the Hornets, but we'll see again how that, that kind of plays out. So, the first round pick, it was one through four, Pelicans hold on to it. Five through 14, it goes to the Blazers. 15 through 30, it goes to the Charlotte Hornets. There are two future second round picks that are involved in this deal. And look, my thoughts have not changed. Look, I did not want to see the Pelicans part with, with Josh Hart and Nikhil Alexander Walker. I just didn't. Hart's on a cap friendly deal um and he's one of those players that again is kind of an enigma he does everything for you he's one of the top rebounders at the guard position in the entire league he's unstoppable going to the basket he's a one-man fast break uh, you look at him also being the heart and soul of this team um and, and a guy that can defend he's a willing defender um he is a guy that has embraced his, his time here in New Orleans, embraced the city, embraced the fan base. He wasn't, you know, uh, a player that came over from the Los Angeles Laker-Anthony Davis trade and, and was a guy that was immediately, you know, again, uh, saying, oh, I don't want to be in New Orleans, too small of a, of a city. He, he's an L.A. native and, and left and left his hometown to come to New Orleans and embraced everything about the culture and did nothing on the floor to be able to, to say that, again, he wasn't given 110% uh, for this franchise every time he stepped on the floor. Played through injury, uh, and I thought he got better in New Orleans than he was in Los Angeles. thought he grew as a player in New Orleans. He really did. Again, under multiple coaches, three coaches in three years. Uh, and he's going to be an asset uh, for the um, – for the Portland Trail Blazers. Or they may move him to a contender before it's all said and done. And you know, his contract is not guaranteed. Uh, so, uh, again, it's, it, it is a nice piece to be able to move. If, if you're the Blazers, looking to be able to, again, add more draft picks, as it looks like with Damian Lillard being hurt, they're, they're, they're kind of cashing in their chips right now. So, look, he's going to be missed. He really is. And, um, look, there's a chemistry, chemistry issue here as well, and I'm going to get to that in a moment, where, again, he was a big part of that chemistry. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, his upside is all, all off the charts. Um, he just needs to develop, okay, and, and that's the issue. He, again, his issue has been inconsistency on the court. Um, I've always said that, he, again, he needs to quit looking at himself a, a, as a pop-gun shooter and look at himself as a more, again, refined guard, a guard that can do many things. And, and I've talked about a triple-double type guard. Okay, to me, he's a guy that if he would have concentrated on passing the basketball, rebounding the basketball, uh, being aggressive, attacking the basket on offense, and less about standing behind the three-point line and 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 just throwing up shots, I, I think he would have been, he would have moved along a little quicker in, in terms of his maturation process. When he was at his best was when again he was playing a triple-double type uh, game where he was facilitating, where he was rebounding. Where again he was he was he was handling the basketball, uh, but it wasn't with the intention of being able to score. It was the intention of being able to again open up things for his teammates, taking the ball to the hole. As again he's got a great first step. He's ambidextrous. He can shoot with either hand. Um, and I hate to see him go. I really do because I think that again if he ever gets it together, uh, he's going to be one of the better guards in the NBA. And I mentioned before, two years out out of out of Virginia Tech, three different uh, coaches in the nba it is hard it is very hard uh, to to be able to develop under those type of circumstances look i think the pels kind of found something with you know, with jackson hayes within the last couple of weeks moving him to the four or maybe he might be on his way to portland as well and it's unfortunate now again because but you have to give up something to get something and I, again if i look at the veterans they brought in i believe they won the deal but again i, I still look at the upside of this uh, of this player and say Man, I know that he's going to get it together one day. And when he does, we're going to be looking at that player, and say, player saying, man, you know what, the Pels had him, and they moved off of him maybe too quickly. And that's, that's my, if I've got a, you know, a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth with this, with this trade, that's it. Now, a lot of people say, man, come on, Walker, come on, you know, but I'm, I'm looking at the upside. Okay? This team's not winning an NBA championship this year. This team's trying to get into the playoffs in a lot of cases to save the general manager, I'm sorry, the vice president of basketball operations job. Okay? And there's no telling what's going to happen when Zion Williamson comes back, if he comes back. We've talked about that chemistry issue. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, when I, I'm looking at the long game, and the long game to me was keeping the kill Alexander Walker here. But, again, got to give up something to get something. Uh, Saddle was a throw-in, the protected uh, uh, pick. Obviously, we talked about it, two second-round picks I have no issue with. Matter of fact, I would have given more picks and, 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 and tried to stay away from giving uh, away assets. Uh, I thought the Pels won the deal, though. C.J. McCollum is a game changer for the Pelicans. Look, his shooting ability behind the arc, his ability to to facilitate from the guard position is well known. The dude can fall out of bed and score 20. I mean, literally, could fall out of bed and score 20. He's that good. You put him now on the floor with a Zion and a Brandon Ingram, and you really have a big three now. Uh, Because, again, he's going to get a lot of open shots. He'll be able to facilitate if necessary if he's got to, he's got to do it from the point guard position. Uh, but it's going to be some great spacing for him to be able to shoot the basketball. Let's face it, the Pels have struggled shooting the ball from the outside. A lot of what they've been able to do is, again, moving the ball, getting good shots, a lot of times coming off their defense. But, again, when you put them in a, in, in a, in a, in a half-court set, they struggle at times. McCollum should be able to solve a lot of those issues, especially, again, opening up the floor more for Brandon Ingram. No doubt about that. Um, he's got, he's, this year he's, he's averaging 20.5 points, 4.3 rebounds, 4.5 assists, and he's shooting 43.6 overall and over 38% on three-pointers. So, I mean, that tells you everything you need know, to you know about C.J. McCollum. Look, he's a pro. He's over 30, got a couple more years on his deal, uh, at about a little bit over $30 million. Uh, you know, we'll see how it kind of plays out, but this is a piece that maybe I thought they might get a later on. Uh, but they've got him now, so we'll see again how that plays out. Larry Nance Jr., look, um, if I'm not mistaken, Griff drafted him uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's athletic. He can run the floor. He can defend on and off the ball. Uh, that He will bring energy to this team. Uh, he's a guy that can play above the rim, okay? Um, averaging 6.9 points a game, 5.6 rebounds, two point, um, um uh, 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 two-assist uh, two, two a game, pardon me. Um, he's been a reserve for, for the uh, for the Blazers. He'll probably be a reserve for the Pels as well. But, again, he can help that second unit uh, coming off the bench. Uh, he's a guy that's long. He gets his hands in the passing lanes. He's a guy that can get steals for you. And he's a guy that, a lot like Jackson Hayes, is at his best with the length, uh, being able to, again, run the floor. So, again, he's an asset here. Uh, I was surprised he was part of the deal. I'm delighted he is, okay? Um, and, and I think in the right situation, like we've seen him in, at t- certain times within his career, he can flourish. I think he can flourish here in New Orleans. Tony Snell is a knockdown three-point shooter, okay? Um, he's not having a good year this year. Maybe that's just a fit uh, with, with the Portland Trailblazers. But um, last year with, with, the, um, with the Hawks, he shot 56.9% behind the three-point, three, three-point line. He's shooting about 32% right now. Uh, depending on the spacing on the floor, who he's going to be in the game with, he's a guy that, again, you have to be able to respect behind the three-point line. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he can defend. He's a willing defender. So, again, we'll see how that kind of plays out. I-, I thought the Pels really helped themselves, again, when you start talking about players at positions of need. Now, again, I do worry about the chemistry okay, of the team. I do. Um, it took a while for this team to be able to gel, Right. So, how quickly can this team gel, especially with the loss of Hart, who's been a big part, you know, of this team, on the ball, on, with the ball in his hands, defending, also, again, in the locker room, on the sidelines. Um, he's, he's become one of the leaders on this team, okay? How do you overcome that? Uh, and then how quickly can the new pieces fit in to be able to gel uh, based on, again, what they would like to do? But when you just it's the, the the trade as of today not a year from now not three years from now just today on paper you'd have to say that again the Pels won the deal the Pels got the better of the deal they get three veteran players who are ready to contribute immediately um, all the positions of need all can defend all have all are athletic uh, again especially again uh, Larry Nance super athletic and when you look at again two of the three of those guys, they're knocked down three point shooters. So, you know, on paper, you really like again what what, what has happened and of course the the, the, the hard thing is parting with a guy like Josh Hart and because of what he has been meant to this team and then the upside of the Alexander Walker. Now, you know, I, you could throw D.D. Lozada in there, but he's really shown nothing at this point, right? Um, he was supposed to be coming over uh, after a year in Australia uh, to be more of a, a, a of a 3-and-D guy, a defender. We haven't seen any of that out of him. Of course, you know, he had the suspension, then the knee injury. So, you know, he could turn out to be a pretty good player down the line here. But, uh, you know, again, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I think, will be a very good player in the NBA soon. So, again, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But overall, you gotta got to like the deal. I mean, you got to like the deal, and you got to hope that uh, that, again, these guys that come in and gel quickly with the team, find their niche, uh, and, of course, that comes down to coaching. I think the Pellas have a very good coaching staff. And, and you know, I, I think that there's been a buy-in from this team. And I think that's huge. You know, I, don't, I, I can say I, I didn't think there was a buy-in with Alvin Gentry. Uh, I, I didn't think there was a buy-in in, in a lot of cases with Stan Van Gundy. I do think there's a buy-in now. And, and you know, uh, hopefully, again, that will continue. Uh, going forward, uh, but there will be a little bit of hiccup here now. You're, you're bringing in guys, again, a ball-dominant guy in McCollum who, who can facilitate. Uh, you're going to be changing that second lineup a little bit. You should have more firepower now than what you had before. Uh, and, they're again, in the 10th seed right now, and I would guess that David Griffin, uh, that um, Trajan Langdon are looking at this as saying, we're not trying to just get to the 10th seed. We want to get to the 6th seed. We don't want to be in the play-in tournament. We want to be in a situation where we're in the playoffs and, and of course, at that point showcasing to a guy like Zion Williamson that we are trying to get better and we're trying to be able to build a franchise here that can be, again, a perennial winner, that can sustain winning, and can be in the playoffs and, again, working toward the opportunity to be the next Phoenix Suns. Um, We'll see how that goes. Remember, that they try to get Chris Paul in the offseason because of his leadership. Uh, you know his ability to to be able to facilitate. McCollum's not that guy, but he is a leader. And, and again, his game a little bit different because his game is more of a scoring game. But look, he's a point guard, so we'll see how we'll see how it kind of plays out there. Uh, but overall, I think if you're grading this thing right now, just as of today you got to say that the Pels won the deal. Now, ultimately, the, the, we'll see if the Blazers win the deal based on the pick, based on, again, the uh, what they may do in terms of, of uh, maybe moving off of a Josh Hart, uh, maybe developing a new Alexander Walker next to a Damian Lillard. We'll see We'll see how it plays out. But right now, I think that uh, the Pels, if they are, are trying to be able to set themselves up for the ability to be able to move up the standings, to be able to again not be a playoff playing team in the playoff in, in the play uh, tournament, but again a, a legitimate uh, playoff team. Well, this was the first step toward that, and now the next step is getting Zion back on the court, so then we can see how these play- these players can, can can play together and how interchangeable they'll be, especially in the first and second units. All right, we're gonna take a break. We come back. We're gonna see if we can we can get the uh, uh, the press conference with um, uh, with uh, David Griffin. And uh, if, if we can pick that up, if we can, we're going to play that live for you. If not, we're going to get in and we're going to talk a bit about what's going on with Dennis Allen and, of course, his press conference today. Mickey Loomis did some interesting things that I picked up on as well. Dennis Allen, remembering again, was named the, the, the uh, head coach uh, yesterday. Today was introduced as the Saints' 11th head coach. Uh, following up, following Sean Payton and uh, some interesting things that have been bantered about today that I kind of want to get into as well. Hey, don't forget about my friends over at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com acpromise.com, that's North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. If you are looking for a company you can trust with your air conditioning system, heating system, maybe you're looking for that generator for your home, that APCO Whole Home Air Treatment System uh, that, again, is continuing cleaning the air in your home, but you can use that also commercially, right? Uh, If you're worried about COVID, uh, you know, and and, and your business, uh, that APCO whole home treatment system will work in your business on a commercial level. So, again, all you got to do is check out their website, acpromise.com. Everything that you need to know about Burkhart and the service they provide is right there for you. But just know, 15 trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call, customer service is job one. Uh, making sure that, again, you're happy. Nate certified technicians, the highest certification in the industry, and truly a company you can trust. It's Burkhart, acpromise.com, acpromise.com.
2: If you were raised, up, raised right, up right, you're one of us. 1061 Nash Icon has Luke Bryan tickets every every
0: day. Sunrise, sunburn,
2: sunset. Luke Bryan at the Smoothie King Center in August, and Nash Icon is sending you there. That's
3: my kind of n-
2: Want tickets? A pair could be yours every weekday while you work. Get the code to text from Scott Innes anytime between 10 and 4. When you have it, text it to 68255. Luke Bryan tickets every day.
4: Country girls, shake it.
2: Only from New Orleans country giant, 1061-ICON.
5: This report is sponsored by Sylvania. On dark, foggy roads, do your fog lights provide the visibility you need? Upgrade to LEDs from Sylvania, the leader in automotive lighting. Experience how advanced optical design leads to superior down-road clarity. Visit the Sylvania website to find your LED bulbs today.
6: Keep in mind that the exit ramp on 10 eastbound at the dominant exit ramp is closed due to an overturned vehicle. So your delays are going to be heavy on 10 eastbound from just past City Park to before Morrison. In the meantime, look out for delays that are solid on 10 westbound from St. Bernard to Canal. And delays pick back up on 10 westbound from City Park to before the airport on the 610 on the eastbound side your delays are steady from st bernard to the 10610 merge and on the westbound side from just before canal boulevard to the 10610 merge if you're traveling eastbound along the West Bank expressway the crescent city connection and the pontchartrain expressway your delays are steady from Stumpf boulevard to the o'keefe howard avenue exit on the westbound side of the pontchartrain expressway your delays are solid from the claiborne Earhart exit to the St. Charles Coron the Let exit. If you're traveling along the 310 on the southbound side, delays are steady from before St. Rose to the Luling Hornville exit. I'm Ed Robinson, broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Brander Traffic Center.
3: Traffic is brought to you by DA Exterminating,
0: proud to be locally owned and serving over 60 years. DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com.
7: On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes, ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers, your community's calling,
2: If you're looking for a local professional Louisiana contractor who has thousands of squares of material in stock right in our Luling warehouse, you have found him. We can get the material out to the job and we can get the job done. Han Roofing refuses to use the cheapest products they can find. Why would anyone want to shop for the cheapest price for their insurance company? Call Han Roofing today. The number is 504-737-2228. 504-737-2228.
3: Tackle your worst cold and flu symptoms with Max Strength NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, sore throat, stuffy head, aching fever, best sleep with a cold, medicine. Use as directed.
7: Find it in the cold and flu aisle at a Walmart near you.
1: our customers.
3: Gone back home, d to the land of the beautiful queen, gone back home. My baby, going
1: back to New Orleans. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until 6 o'clock. Pelicans make a trade today, moving off of Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, uh, Sato, and also uh, Dede Lozada. Uh, this year's first-round pick, which is one through four protected uh, for the Pelicans, and then, of course, two future second-round picks. Uh, they bring in C.J. McCollum of uh, the Portland Trailblazers. Also, um, uh, Tony Snell, uh, as well as uh, Larry Nance Jr. Those guys are, are, are now are now part of the Pelicans. Um, now, again, the Pelicans play tonight against Houston at home. I doubt those guys are going to be available tonight. Okay, I just doubt it. Um, C.J. McCollum has, again, a prorated $30.8 million contract this year. Uh, they'll prorate that. Almost about half, I guess about half of that, about 50 million of that is what the Pels will be responsible for. And then uh, next season, uh, $33.3 million is is what's on the books uh, for C.J. McCollum. And then the following year, $35.8 million, uh, will, will be uh, on, on the books for C.J. McCollum. So, um, uh, as I mentioned the other day, he's the 31st-ranked uh, contract in, in the NBA, just right in front of Chris Paul. Um, he is, uh, uh, what is he, 31 years old, uh, a guy that has played a lot of basket, a lot of good basketball for, for the uh, Portland Trail Blazers, Six foot three, So, again, a guy that uh, uh, can handle the basketball, but, again, he's a guy that can, that can spread the floor out for the Pels um, when you start talking about um, uh, the three-point shot. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that kind of plays out for the Pels going forward. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned, I just hate to lose Josh Hart and kill Alexander Walker. Um, but you got to give up something to get something. I'm glad they were able to hold on to um, uh, to Jackson Hayes. Uh, I think that was critical. But I'll say this right now, and I said this a little bit earlier: uh, if Hayes doesn't emerge as a player at the four position, then uh, you know he's probably part of that deal. And uh, I'm hoping that there won't be any future deals that we're seeing here right now, because uh, that, again may may include uh, uh, Jackson Hayes because. I don't know if this was by accident or, or, or you know by necessity but once he got into that four spot he really started to um, uh, started to flourish he really had there's a comfort level his athleticism really shown through and that was one of the things again as we really kind of closed the page on on um, on kill Alexander Walker that, that I was hoping we'd see that and I know this's been inconsistent and I know that ultimately again maybe he hasn't moved as quickly as a lot of people thought he would but I, but I go back to again what the NBA is now You know, that's the NBA, okay? Uh, You know, sometimes you'll get a player that comes right out of college after one year, and and they are ready to go, and, and they flourish in the NBA. But most of the time, you're in a situation where those guys have got to get used to the NBA game, and their games have to evolve. I mean, we've talked about it, especially on the defensive end. Look, Herb Jones is an anomaly. Okay, most guys don't come to the league and have the ability to have the defensive prowess that a Herb Jones has. And now we're starting to see Herb Jones uh, really starting to, um, uh, to come on on the offensive side of the ball. You know, uh, you know there had been – there was a, a report last night that Jones and, and, and Walker and, and, and um, also Jackson Hayes um, uh, were all going to be part of this deal along with Murphy. And when I first saw that, I'm like, okay, you got to be kidding me. You're giving away, you're giving away the farm here? But, um, I mean, again, to, to me, uh, I think that the Pelicans did, did a very, very good job in, in terms of, of, of putting this deal together. And, uh, you know, when you start looking at the needs short-term and long-term, uh, I think you've got to be uh, excited about what, what they've been able to do thus far uh, in, in terms of this particular deal. Now, again, chemistry is everything, right? Uh, we'll, see, we'll see how this kind of plays out. Uh, but uh, on paper, again, I, I, I think that, it's it's pretty pretty cut and dry that um that, that the Pels won the deal now um remember the Pels had the 28th highest payroll uh in the A- NBA this year last year they were top 10 uh so there is some room there maybe this is all an, also an enticement to be able to again uh get um Zion Williamson to sign his extension at the end of the season uh you know i've said before it, it, it's immaterial honestly because Pelicans hold hold the rights to uh, Pelicans hold the rights to uh, Zion Williamson uh, for the next next couple seasons. Okay, uh, they're, they're, again he's he's under uh, uh, under contract uh, next year for 13 million, and then there's a qualifying offer in 23-24 uh, for um, uh, for him, uh, and that's uh, obviously when he becomes a restricted free agent, and uh, the Pelicans at that point can match any offer that's out there. And hold on to him. The only guy that loses there is really Zion. Because Zion doesn't sign the max deal at that point. Because no one can sign the, the Zion Williamson for more than what the Pelicans can sign him for. Now, look, we've seen it before, right? We saw it with Anthony Davis. We saw it with Chris Paul. Uh, you know, they, they signed the extension. And then a couple years past that extension is when they forced their way out. If things aren't more, aren't changing. Um, you know, I've always said that I have no issue with Chris Paul, the way he got out. and, and that the, in, in, Because the... The ownership was in flux at that time. David Stern taking over the um, uh, the team. When you look back hindsight and you look at uh, what what Stern did in terms of nixing the deal to to the um, to the L.A. Lakers, which would have made the Pelicans an instant content an instant contender back then. Okay, uh, instead they you know they they went with the deal with with Eric Gordon uh, and the Clippers. Which, uh, which ultimately, again, uh, put them on a crash course to nowhere because of uh, uh, Gordon did not want to play here. Um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but Paul wanted out because ownership was cash poor and he had no idea who the next owner was going to be. And he was ready to move on with his career, and I have no issue with that. Anthony Davis was a jerk on the way out. Uh, and, 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 of course, you know, if it, what goes around, comes around. Davis got one. NBA championship uh, in a COVID-shortened year. Uh, and some people, again, really question the legitimacy of that particular championship. Since then, the Lakers have really done nothing. They are, they, are no, they are nowhere this year at all. Nowhere. So, you know, that's a situation where holding on to that pick. Look, we could see Zion. We could possibly see Zion William staying in New Orleans um, and, and, and LeBron James leaving Los Angeles. Okay, and, and and then what happens down the line here? We already know Anthony Davis can't carry a team. Okay, he's a Robin, and right now he might be the Joker because I don't know if he's a Robin on that team. Uh, you know, they found out in Los Angeles what we've known in New Orleans for a long, long time: often injured. Right. So that those draft picks, which again you have the pick swaps with the Lakers, again might be more might be more valuable. And a little bit quicker than maybe a lot of us thought there would be, right? Because we thought man, they're going to win a few championships and then LeBron's going to get old and then ultimately Anthony's going to have to be able to uh, take the team by themselves and maybe that's at that point is when you strike. No, look they're in the playoffs right now but, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's a chance down the line here very, very soon if the Pelicans can get it together and keep it together, they may be overtaking the Lakers for their playoff spot. So, you know we'll see how that kind of plays out, but Ultimately, again, I think it was a very, very good deal today uh, for the Pels. I think they won the deal, and that's all you can ask for in the short term. I hate losing uh, the, some of these players, especially, again, players with the upside, like a Alexander-Walker, and what hard has meant to the team, uh, but que ra Sarah, right? Let's talk a little about what, what happened today with, um, with Dennis Allen, because this is a crossroads for this organization. There are no guarantees, ladies and gentlemen. Just because Dennis Allen had a short stint with the Oakland Raiders, just because Dennis Allen, again, has really been a a Saints assistant slash defensive coordinator for most of his coaching career, and, and again, has been obviously uh, worked with with in, in concert with Sean Payton, understands how Sean Payton coached, the things he did, doesn't necessarily mean that Dennis Allen is going to be a home run as a head coach. It's a roll of the dice. Uh, when you look at, again, some of the other coaches that he was going against, uh, you know, some of those coaches have, have already proven that they're quality head coaches, like a Doug Peterson, like a Brian Flores. Uh, but, again, some have the ability, uh, based on, to get an opportunity to maybe be quality coaches down the line here. It was supposed to be about continuity, right? Continuity and culture. Um, I don't think it's any surprise that Dennis Allen was named as Peyton's successor. I'm a little bit surprised by some of the the Internet chatter today on social media about what may be happening within the organization, Uh, and I'll get to that in, in a moment. Look, he didn't say much in his press conference. Just a normal thing: thanking everybody, talking about his life, uh, you know, talking about you know his father play for the Atlanta Falcons, R.J. Slocum, who told him to get into the NFL as quick as he as quick as he could, saying that he's always wanted to be a coach. So he was in seventh grade. He wasn't a guy that was looking to play professionally. He wanted to be a coach, and and um, you know, he said it went back to again his dad who coached him in, 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 in um, uh, a lot of you know coming up in, in, in at the playground, etc. Uh, and he's got some good bones, right? Um, um, you look at—I think it was—I was, don't think it was his dad or his uncle that played for the Atlanta Falcons, but um, I think it was his uncle. And but one of the things he talked about was—and I've talked about this a lot over the last week or so. No matter who it would have been, even if it's Dennis Allen who's coming in and taking over for Sean Payton, he's going to put his own stamp on, on on this team. He's Dennis Allen. He's not Sean Payton. So he's going to have his own way of doing things. He's gonna have. He's gonna put his own stamp on, on. ultimately, on again, how he runs this team. Um, one thing I was happy to hear today, he said he was gonna be involved in the personnel decisions, which I think is key for for a football coach. I think again, you have to know what the football coach is looking for. Peyton was different because he came in and he had immediate success, and that gave him the cachet and the power within the organization to kind of dictate. Who they were looking for in terms of players? Look, offensively, he had the knack of 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 finding gems and you know diamonds in the rough. You know, uh, you know, a lot of these undrafted free agents. Think about how many undrafted free agent wide receivers made it in, in New Orleans with Drew Brees at quarterback, guys that, again, you would never would have thought of had an opportunity to be able to be and play on the NFL level. Uh, how many offensive linemen that, that came to the Saints that ultimately were undrafted free agents or low-round low draft choices that came in and, and got on this offensive line and, and played very, very well for the Saints? Peyton had a knack for, for being able to find offensive players that could fit in his system. Look, he, what he used to say, a vision for the player, okay? And, and they would have that vision when, when, when they would choose this, these players to come play here. Um, one of the things also is that, that, that Peyton did that really kind of set the standard for this team was it didn't matter how you got to the facility. It, once you were there and you had the helmet on, you were part of the team, and you had the ability to be able to compete for a spot. Didn't matter whether you're a first-round pick or an undrafted free agent. And, and I think that resonated in a lot of cases with agents who would send their undrafted free agents to New Orleans because they knew they had a great shake. They, had a, they would always get a great shake here, uh, you know, having, a, having an opportunity to be able to compete. It started with Pierre Thomas, and, and that's been the legacy of, the, of Peyton here in New Orleans until he walked away. Hopefully that is going to continue with Dennis Allen because, again, you should be wanting the good football players no matter how they got there. And, you know, look, I think a little bit of a mistake was made uh, last year, right? You, you've got a situation where you got Davenport, you put up two number one picks for him, and, and you let Trey Hendrickson out the door. And a lot of that I think in a, in a lot of cases is you say you couldn't afford Trey Henderson or over, over again, um, a Marcus Williams. But I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that, you know, you put a lot in, in into Davenport, and you weren't willing to give up on him. Sure, he's got raw talent. He showed that this year. I'm not knocking that. Trey Henderson has been back-to-back, double-digit sack guy. You don't let those guys walk out the door. So, I mean, maybe for the first time in the Peyton era, we saw that. Okay, and then and then what? To the double down uh, by, by by drafting Peyton Turner number one after after he let Henderson out the door. Um, so, but for most of His tenure here. Again, they didn't care whether you're a first-round pick or you're an undrafted free agent. If you could play, you got on the field. If you beat the guy out in front of you, beat the guy out in front of you. That was the way it is. But he will be involved in personnel decisions, which I think is critical uh, for this team. He is going to continue to call the plays on defense, much like Peyton did on offense. So what what uh, the question I have is: Okay, how do you now get a uh, woo a defensive coordinator to this team? If ultimately, again, the defensive coordinator is going to be nothing more than a guy that is coordinating the game plan, in a lot of cases, obviously, um, much like with Peyton, right? Uh, Dennis Allen is going to be a big part of that. So um, when you look at internal, and that, that's that's the question here, right, uh, as far as holding on to the coaching staff, because that was part of this. Part of this was continuity and culture. Well, continuity means, again, holding on to the coaching staff. Um, uh, Chris Richard was mentioned as a possible defensive coordinator. We know that a lot of these coaches are just getting settled in right now on, on again, trying to get their staffs together, now that all co- and all teams now have head coaches. Will Richard be the defensive coordinator in name only? Uh, will that be a next step for Orion Nielsen, who's the assistant head coach, defensive line coach? Would he take on that defensive coordinator position in name only and share those responsibilities with um, a Dennis Allen, and be happy with that, you know. Um, you know there were some rumors out there that that uh, uh, Nielsen was unhappy because he didn't get a chance to be able to coach the team because he's the assistant head coach when Peyton went out with COVID. Now, true or untrue, whatever that is, it is what it is. Uh, but for for Ryan Nielsen, who who again has already proven to everyone that is paying attention uh, that he is a hell of a defensive line coach, uh, just by again what he. What he did this year was spectacular with undrafted free agents re- re- replacing pros. I'm talking about veteran guys that, that could have started for other teams a, 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 two seasons ago. Last season, end up starting for other teams because the Saints couldn't afford them anymore. And he had to, he had to, he had to keep that defensive line up, with, first of all, with a lot of injuries and a lot of guys that were undrafted free agents or cast offs to other teams. Give Nielsen a tremendous amount of credit. I also give Allen a tremendous amount of credit in, in, in terms of game planning, but also his ability to be able to adjust on the fly. That's one thing we've seen on the defensive side that he was able to do that Rob Ryan wasn't able to do before him. Uh, you could talk about the other DCs that, that again, were, uh, were under uh, Sean Payton. In a lot of cases, those guys did not, um, did not adjust on the fly. Since Allen has been here, he's been able to adjust on the fly pretty well. Uh, and that, that, look, that's the NFL. You have to be able to counter what the other team is doing and what the success they're having. So uh, Dennis Allen will continue to be able to call the plays on the defensive end. We'll see how that affects uh, going forward uh, the retention of, of of the defensive staff. Uh, he said he wants to, his offense. He wants to be able to uh, be be tough, and he wants a tough team all, all the way around. But he wants to be able to run the football. He wants to have the ability to create explosive plays, but he also said the offense will not change. Um, he did not comment, and nor was he asked, on the report that came out this morning that said that Pete Carmichael will no longer be, uh, again, the offensive coordinator. And that was kind of shocking um, and because ultimately that is one of the reasons why you bring in Dennis Allen, right? Now, we don't know who the D.C. is going to be. We, we've already discussed that. He said finding a running a quarterback will be job one, which we all know, right? they got to figure out what they're going to do at the quarterback position. There's not a lot out there. And now there looks to be a market for Jameis Winston. Look, there was a lot of talk getting Jameis in here on a one-year deal, prove-it-to-me deal. You may not have that luxury this year if you want Jameis Winston back. Okay? As I said to you weeks ago, uh, so, you know, about a week ago, after Tom Brady retired, don't be surprised if ultimately Tampa doesn't come a-calling uh, for Jameis Winston again. And there's already talk in Tampa that they would like to bring bring Jameis Winston back. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been mentioned as a possibility for, for a Jameis Winston. So if there's a market out there, you may have to have a bidding, a bidding war. How how high are you willing to go? I would say it right now, the cap on that's about $20 million. Okay, about $20 million. We'll see how it plays out, and we'll see again. You know how attractive is New Orleans to Jameis Winston right now, if ultimately Sean Payton's not here. And then can can whoever the offensive coordinator is going to be, whoever's going to be the guy that's calling plays, that's you know who's going to be you know in constant con- uh, uh, contact with this quarterback, if it is a Jameis Winston. Sean Payton seemed to solve a, a lot of the riddle. It was again uh, bad Jameis. Uh, will he revert back to bad Jameis without having the statue of Sean Payton on the sidelines? It's a legitimate question. It just is. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. Look, my concern is it's pretty simple. How much is he going to change the offense? Okay, because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it ain't broke. Then what role will Carmichael have, if any? Carmichael's been involved in this offense, like Drew Brees, since his infancy. Uh, he's seen this this offense evolve uh, through again 16 years of teams. Uh, he has been in a situation where he's called the offense at times. Uh, obviously, Sean Payton, much like a Dennis Allen, wanted to have the play calling duties. That's their forte. Uh, the scheme is not broke. Okay, <laughs> say that right now. The scheme is not broke. You don't want to change the terminology because that's a different another thing where you know teams get a little bit messed up. Changing the terminology, they got to learn terminology all different again for the new OC. Uh, the issue right now is the lack of talent at quarterback, at wide receiver, at tight end, backfilling that offensive line, adding some some running back depth, but the blueprint is there. So again, my question would be, why mess with it? Okay, uh, look, yes, it can be enhanced. There's no doubt about it. Okay, but when this offense uh, was at its best, okay, when it was legit, when it had when it had legit NFL weapons at quarterback, okay, at wide receiver, at tight end. When they had, when they had a, a line that was one of the best lines in the NFL, it was the envy of the league. The problem is that when it came to the arms race on the offense now, well, the, the Saints put a lot of, a lot of their, uh, their uh, assets into the defensive side of the ball. And then when the GOAT walked away, you were left with Michael Thomas, who was injured. Uh, you, you had a situation where because of the salary cap consideration, you had to get rid of some really good players. And you didn't backfill them with players that that were as good as the ones that walked out the door, and it, it hurt. I mean, I was surprised that Jameis Winston was able to do what he could do with again that horrible wide receiver room. Uh, so to me, it's about the lack of weapons, not not again the scheme. So we'll see how that kind of, how that kind of works out going forward. Uh, to me, major change to the offensive scheme would be a critical mistake. Fresh ideas are fine, okay, but the bones of the scheme need to stay in place. Now, look, we also have no idea if if Allen can be successful, but if if continuity and culture were the reasons why he got the job, the template to success is already established. So why change that? Why change that? So that's one of the things that, that, again, I wonder about. Uh, Also, in closing, Lewis did say something today that caught my ear. He said the coaching search was a collaborative effort with himself, Dennis Lauscher, Kai Harley, uh, Michael Parrington, Jeff Ireland, all participated in the effort. So, again, that tells me that maybe, again, this time around, Mickey Loomis is going to defer to his lieutenants and their expertise when making a decision on personnel or anything going forward. And I think that's the key to success for the Saints. you got to let the guys who, again, who are expertise in their particular field do what they do. And ultimately, if there's going to be a vote there, obviously the head coach has got to be able to have a, a significant say, and again, who is going to be on this roster going forward. All right, we'll take a break. We come back. We'll wrap up hour number one. Hour number two, uh, Ross Jackson is going to join us. We'll continue our conversation. you listen listening to Inside New Orleans. better known as the intersection of E. coli and salmonella. Finding the perfect
0: romantic gift she'll love is easy at Diamonds Direct this Valentine's with an expanded selection of designer jewelry and our best offer ever, five years, zero interest financing. Your love is always our passion at Diamonds Direct, but especially on Valentine's Day. So we're holding nothing back. Pick any item, get our best value price and spread your payments over five years with zero interest financing. Everything's included. Diamond stud earrings, diamond eternity bands, layered necklaces, pendants, bangles, colored gemstones, and, of course, the largest selection of diamonds and engagement rings in America. And this weekend, we're also showcasing all new collections from our top designers, like Takori, Viragio, Simon G., and others. No matter what you choose for the one you love, you'll get the best price and five years zero-interest financing. We're even open this Sunday with special pregame shopping hours 11 to 4. Get more details and even shop online at DiamondsDirect.com. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Unapproved credit.
1: Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until 6. We'll take calls at the top of the next hour. Any questions about uh, Dennis Allen, his uh, his intro- introductory press conference, what may be next for him, the C.J. McCollum trade uh, that happened today. Uh, we'll talk about all that. Also, I'm going to get into crime a little bit later on the program as well. Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints podcast uh, will join us at 5.35. We'll get his take on um, – on, on uh, Dennis Allen being named as the next head coach of the Saints. Also, again, he was at the Senior Bowl last week. We got a little taste early with him last week on uh, what he saw. We'll get his take on what he saw out of the quarterbacks, wide receivers, uh, at the Senior Bowl uh, when we have him on at 535. Hey, don't forget about Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. In the market for a generator. Uh, right now, generators are are again are finally flowing again. They'll put you on the calendar for a single-day install. Also, financing is available for generators. You can pay that over time, and then they got the new install quality check after one month. They do that for everything they install uh, for uh, their customers. 24-7, 365 emergency service, and a warehouse fully stocked with all the parts you need for your generator. When it comes to generator sales and service, go with the experts. Go with Burkhardt, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Derek Asher. Stick around, won't you? Take it from me, Eric Asher, when it comes to getting my heating system ready each and every year, there's no one I trust more than my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. With 30 years of the business, they really know what they're doing, and they can work on any heating system. Burkhardt gets your system running right, and they can find and fix problems before you really need the heating system this year. Schedule your tune-up now with Burkhardt at acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. Tell them Eric sent you.
3: of Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with
1: you until 6 o'clock, 4 to 6 right here each and every weekday. 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. Thank you for being there. Whether you listen over the airwaves at 106.1 FM or, again, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app, great way to be able to keep the show rolling with you anywhere. Free download for you. Smartphone, tablet, uh also again you can check out our podcast there as well. Nash FM106.1 and Ericasher.com on the World Wide Web. Uh don't forget our about our podcast. It's on the Anchor Podcast. It's everywhere. Uh on your favorite podcasting platform. Just search inside the wall and show with Eric Asher Eric Asher, and you should be able to find our uh, our, our podcast. Um don't forget about the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports. I'd hope to have a guest for you today. I'm still waiting on a confirmation. Uh, if I get that uh, this evening, we'll post that on our social media platforms. But uh, we will definitely have our guest by tomorrow uh, because, uh, well, the show's on Thursday, right? Uh, Thursday at 1, live broadcast. They have a rebroadcast. Um, also live streaming on Thursday on the TV YouTube page. Um, 6 o'clock on LAE. Uh, 10 o'clock on the Deuce. So one 6 On uh, 1 p.m. and 6 p.m. on LAE on Thursday. On the Deuce Thursday night at 10 o'clock. Friday night, 9 o'clock, Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock LAE. Uh, 2 a.m. on the Deuce on Saturday morning. 5 p.m. on Saturday afternoon on Pelican Sports Television. Always on our social media platforms. At Eric underscore Asher on Twitter. Eric Asher on Facebook. Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram. Ross Jackson will join us at the bottom of this hour. We'll get his take on um, Dennis Allen, his press conference today and, of course, being named uh, the 11th head coach in the history of the New Orleans Saints. All right, I want to get into some crime in a few minutes, but I want to go through some headlines right quick for you. Uh, first of all, for those that are just tuning in and did not listen to the first hour, uh, the Pelicans made a trade today. Uh, C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., Tony Snell uh, come to the Pelicans uh, well, from the Portland Trailblazers. The Trailblazers received Josh Hart, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Thomas Sardinowski, D.D. Lozada, a 2022 first-round pick that belongs to the Pelicans that's protected. Uh, Pelicans one through four. So if they're in the lottery and they win the uh, uh, they they win the ping pong balls, uh, ultimately, and they're between one and four, they hold on to the pick. If they're outside of one through four, five through fourteen, it goes to the Blazers. Uh, if it's fifteen through thirty, it goes to the Charlotte Hornets. So again, I went into it extensively about my thoughts. I, I hate losing Josh Hart. I hate losing the Alexander Walker. Um, uh, the pick I don't have an I don't have an issue with the two future second round picks. I've always said those are assets to be able to make um, to be able to make deals work. But also you can find diamonds in the rough like a Herb Jones that that um, can come in and play for you. We've seen that over and over again. Uh, but the Pels get instantly better. C.J. McCollum is going to make them better in the backcourt. Uh, Larry Nance is a is a defensive player who plays above the rim. They can get out uh, and, and and is an athletic forward. Tony Snell is, is a three point shooter. Um, and we went through a lot of the statistics in the first hour on, on all of these players, why, again, they could be a great fit. Look, it, it, it comes down to chemistry. The Pels have great chemistry right now. Uh, as, as they have, they're, they're in the 10th seed uh, in, in the play-in tournament a, as of today. They take on the Houston Rockets tonight. Uh, it's, almost, it's, it's not a back-to-back, but it is a back-to-back in terms of playing Houston. They beat Houston on Sunday. They're back in the Smoothie King Center tonight. Obviously, they'll be shorthanded without Hart, uh, Saturnowski, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Don't expect McCollum, Nance, or Snell to be playing tonight. All have to probably go through um, um, go through a physical before. The, and, and the NBA has got to obviously dot the I's, cross the T's on the deal to be able to make, to make it official. So more than likely, they will not play tonight. So the Pels will be shorthanded, uh, taking on Houston. They, they've got to continue to win, no matter what. Um, we had hoped that uh, the um, press conference for uh, – for uh, David Griffin, that was supposed to go off at 4:30 today, would have been uh, would have been on social media, so we could have grabbed that live. Unfortunately, it was nowhere to be found. So we'll try to figure out again what was said there, and we'll talk a lot about that with you with you tomorrow. But hopefully, there will be an update on Zion Williamson uh, and and his return to to, to the Pelicans. Um, uh, the trading deadline is on Thursday. Uh, We're just a few weeks away from the NBA All-Star game, which is, again, the mythical halfway point of the season. Really, there's only about 25 to 30 games left after that particular uh, date. But uh, we'll see what the Pels can do if they're going to be loaded for bear um, in in the back end of the season with the addition of three quality veterans to this team. Uh, Again, uh, in uh, McCollum, Nance, and, and, and Snell, look, They're going to miss Josh Hart, heart and soul of the team. What he does on the defensive end, he's unstoppable as a one-man fast break. Um, Going to the hole, to kill Alexander Walker. I've said all all along, I hate to see him walk out the door because I'm going to be really shocked. If if he doesn't get it one day and, and doesn't turn into a really quality player in the in the NBA, Sadonowski did nothing here. Lozada was was again a guy that had potential but has shown nothing up to this point. Really kind of a G League player. So so kind of it is what it is. I don't see how you slice this. And I've looked at some of the national correspondents and what they're saying. Uh, the Pels have won the deal. Okay, the, the, there's no other way. The Pels won the deal. Uh, they're banking on being able to move Hart down the line here and getting some more assets. And then maybe Nikhil Alexander Walker and Dee can turn it into something for him and send maybe that first round pick. So we'll see how it plays out. Dennis Allen uh, today named the uh, 11th head coach of the Saints. Just got finished really kind of getting into him in the second half of our uh, first hour. Uh, he did say it in, the, in web press conference, he's going to put his own stamp on the Saints. Uh, you know, that he's going to be involved in personnel decisions. He's going to continue to put call the plays on defense. His offense uh, is is going to be um, uh, going to change somewhat, okay? Uh, he said he wants to be a, a tough team all around, but he wants to be tough on offense, run the football, have the ability to create explosive plays, but he said the offense is going to change. Now, there was a report this morning that said that Pete Carmichael is not going to be the offensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints. I listened to the press conference. I did not hear that question asked. To, uh, uh, to Dennis Allen about the future of, of Carmichael uh, with, with the Saints, now uh, uh, well, uh, with the Saints and Dennis Allen, uh, he also said qu- the quarterback would have been was going to be job one in finding and settling on a quarterback, uh, and there were no comments on Alvin Kamara. By the way, I don't know if you've seen the pictures on social media uh, of the alleged victim in, in the Camara uh, 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 down for lack of a better term uh, in, in Las Vegas. Dude got beat down, okay? Uh, and remember, everything is on tape. Kamara supposedly hitting the guy eight times uh, and three times after he had been knocked out. And then and then came a stomp party in which, again, his entourage we were, again, beating and stomping this guy. And uh, uh, he just, I mean, he looked like he was in the middle of a brawl. So we'll see how that plays out. Look, we know what's going to happen, okay? He's going to miss one to four games. It's going to be right in the beginning of the season. Uh, yes, uh, he's probably going to get a chance at Las Vegas, being the town that it is. Where they're going to plead this down, probably a misdemeanor. Okay, at some point. So uh, uh, the bottom line is um, that when you um, look at the, uh, you look at where the Saints are, uh, you know, uh, uh, right now they're going to be missing one of their weapons to start the season. Not a good way to be able to start the Dennis Allen tenure, with again the best player on offense missing. Don't know what's going to happen with with Michael Thomas. Hopefully he's going to be back and ready to go. But I think it puts a little bit more emphasis on, again, finding another back in the draft now, okay, that can come in and play for you right away. Because you're going to be missing him at least four games. At least four games. And you, you can't say you're going to go with with Mark Ingram for those four games. You know, maybe you get him because he's fresh. But Mark's been been a little bit often injured now, you know, in, in, in a lot of part of his career. They got him under contract for this year. Um they need another back, and I've said this before, a physical back that has some of, some of the qualities of an Alvin Kamara. The ability to be able to catch the football out of the backfield, which I think is a key for, 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 for this team, if they're going to run a Peyton-type offense. And then also a guy that, again, can take pressure off of Kamara while running inside. I mean, Kamara is better when you get him in space, and, and it's like beating your head against a wall when you want to continue to run him inside. And I think it's one of the reasons why we've seen him wear down through the seasons. He needs a complement player that can handle the physical load on the inside. So hopefully that's something that they're going to really push for this year now, especially knowing that Kamara is probably going to be out uh, the first part of the season, at least the first four games of the season, with a the suspension. There's just no other way around it. Now, look, I haven't seen the video. Okay, I can just tell you what's been described as a video with the video, and I'm sure TMZ, somebody's going to have this video out uh, very, very soon, and we'll be able to see it for ourselves. Tell you what, let's grab a break here because I want to come back and I want to talk a little bit about, uh, about crime. And, and look, uh, I don't know, I'll tell you what, let me, let me hold there. Uh, Jack is in River Ridge. He called us in the first hour, couldn't get through. Let me take Jack, and let, let's hold on that break. We, we may go to the break. We may we, we not... Uh, uh, Rudy, but let, let's head to the phone lines. 260 1061 Jackson River Ridge. Hey, Jack, how How you doing?
4: Hey, Eric. Doing no. great, Jack. Look, I could to talk about the Pelicans, but, but I, I want to. Whatever you'd like to, to talk now. about. No, but I want to, I want to talk about the Alvin Kamara thing. Look, I, I, I don't know what happened, obviously. I'm sure the guy did something heinous, but for him to hit him eight times and got to stomp on him. I hope he pays a higher penalty than what you're talking about. I mean, if you just think about his boys, not only shouldn't they have been beaten on anybody, they should have, you know, because he he could have killed that man. And then then what are you looking at? You're looking at a situation like the uh like like the Raiders wide receivers looking at with, you know right. With, I mean, forget about look, the football part. He could end up in jail.
1: No, no! And look, let me tell you something. If it was you or me, we'd be in jail. Are you kidding me? The, the, the fact that he's an NFL player and, and again, he's a celebrity uh, is probably going to help him. He's going to be able to get the finest lawyer out there. Uh, and, and, again, he's never been in trouble before that we know of, so he's going to probably be able to plead this down. Uh, I don't care what happened. Look, I went through this yesterday, Jack. Look, we've all been at that age, right, mid-20s, uh, full of vim and vigor. And, 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 again, look, you know, back in the day, I, can, I could say, again, I, I had the same maybe time of temperament at, at times, Okay. Uh, But you learn as you grow and as you mature. But as a guy that's in the public spotlight uh, like he is every single day, a guy that's now a leader of this football team, um, I don't care what's going on at this point. You don't put yourself in that type of position. You know, when he pushed the guy out of the elevator, the guy hit his arm back, at that point maybe his entourage steps in, moves the guy out of the way, and and, and get get Kamara out of there, okay? That was stupid on their part. Uh, You know, call security. Who is security going to side with, that guy or Kamara? Okay, more than likely, gonna they're gonna side on the side of the of, of the of, of, of you know the, the big name of, of the you know it was an NFL event of the NFL player, of the celebrity, so it was stupidity on his part to even be involved in that, and and just hearing again the the, the description of went went on to hit the guy eight to, to run after him, who's gonna outrun Alvin Kamara? Not this guy, right? right? And then they hit him eight times, three times when he was knocked out, uh, you know. <laughs> That's pretty serious, on and I don't think the NFL is going to going to look past it. I think they're going to give him a significant fine and suspension, no matter what the court system
2: does.
4: But I mean, Eric. I mean, if I'm Alvin Kamara, I got to think too of uh, these people, the people hanging with him. They're not really his friends. If they were his friends, they would they wouldn't have helped him stomp on the guy. They would have separated him from the guy. But but you know, right. it, it really is a horrible situation.
1: It, 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 is, it is really horrible, and it's horrible because he has become a leader on this team and he's been a big part of our community, and, and, and you just, you, it just seems out of character for Kamara. It just does. And you know, I was asking some members of the media that I'm close to that, again, have had an occasion to be out with him and seen him out, you know, um, in, in clubs, et cetera, and they thought it was out of character on, what, on what, what went down there as well. just seems like too laid back of a guy to let that happen.
4: I know everybody that I saw post, Scott Alexander, a couple other people, he said, you know, they all said he's the most laid-back guy you've ever seen, and it just seemed crazy. But, but look, about the Pelicans, um, The uh, look, I, 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 we won't know for a couple of years, you know, how this trade worked out for them. Right. And, look, when you're watching this team now, they desperately need what, 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 uh, what C J McCollum can give them. That, no, there's no doubt about that. But like you kind of covered in the first hour, if this if this is just to get you know to make David Griffin feel better so that it'll make the playoffs, that's hard to take. You know, if in but if in three years they're actually challenging for uh for you know for a Western Conference title, and McCollum is a big part of that, well then then they they won this trade. And I guess we'll have think, to wait to find that out. I
1: think they've won the trade today, just based on paper. Okay, but yes, I agree with you. A few years from now, we'll know what Portland turns these assets into. Okay, if Walker can turn in Alexander Walker can turn into a quality NBA player that's consistent. Uh, If Didi Lozada can turn into a defensive phenom, which everybody said he was going to be, you know, uh, when when the when the drafted him, and then what comes out of those particular picks, but. When you look at it on its face value today with, again, uh, uh, Nance and Snell and McCollum coming over, the Pelicans are a stronger team today than they were yesterday, even with, again, the subtraction of Josh Hart, who, again, I I did not want to see this team lose.
4: Oh, no. I'm really going to miss Josh Hart. He was a good guy. He's exactly what you – I think you said that a a, a couple years ago. He's exactly the kind of player a championship team has. Somebody Absolutely, does all the dirty work. It does whatever, and sets an example for everybody else. So, now, I, I, you know, they
1: might have the that guy on the bench right now, Jack. Maybe again, we saw flashes of that from Najee Marshall last year, right? And maybe the thought process is we get a cheaper Najee Marshall. Uh, I mean, a cheaper Josh Hart and Najee Marshall coming in, and 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 doing a lot of things that Josh Hart did. Th- that remains to be seen. Okay, but you know you are better with McCollum. you are better with 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 dancing you are better with snell if you can get back to knocking down three point shots he struggled a little bit this year but look it could have been you know the rotation where he was how he's being played we'll see how that kind of plays out
4: and god knows he's going to he's going to get a lot of open looks with this team that was the frustrating thing there are always open looks every night and Yes. the fame i mean that's why I made the trade cuz they, they can't hit open jump shots it's
1: but the truth it that's is that's the, the truth I'm sorry.
4: But, Eric, thanks for taking my call. You have a good
1: evening. You too, Jack. Thanks for the phone call. Certainly appreciate it. uh, 2601061. I went back in time there. I'm in a time warp. Hey, look, I did want to mention something. Uh, Look, Lee Zurich continues to knock it out the park every night. If you're not watching Fox 8 News, you're really missing out on on some some great investigative reporting right now when it comes to crime. First of all, I was really surprised just to hear hear, um, Council President Helena Moreno take on the mayor. Now, let me preface this. She was in front of a Lakeview crowd in, in, uh, in that march to City Hall. Uh, a few hundred people, mostly people from Lakeview, uh, and, and, of course, uh, you know uh, demanding that the mayor do something to be able to stem the tide, of, the tide of crime. She put it right in the mayor's lap when it came to juvenile justice, which is rightly so. Okay, But I want to say this again. Helena Moreno does not get a pass here. Okay, She was part of the No Do Nothing Council last, uh, last term that sat around and rubber-stamped everything the mayor wanted to do. So, look, I'm, I'm going to be fair here. I'm not happy with the way the mayor has performed in her last term and thus far this term. I think she's the reason why, one of the main reasons why we are in the position we're in when it comes to crime, okay? Uh, because of her policies. But again, the council, the previous council, does not get a pass, this is Helena Moreno, who wants to be the next mayor. See, this is where the rubber hits the road. And, and uh, you know, someone like J.P. Morrell and Helena Moreno, they could have done the courageous thing and ran against her, okay? But they chose to, again, sit on the council and wait until that seat was, was, was not, did not have an incumbent in it, okay? Because the historically, incumbents don't, don't get beat in New Orleans. Historically, you never had a mayor that was in a situation where the quality of life had spiraled out of control uh, to the point where it was. Uh, crime, et cetera. I can go through all the things we talked about during, during the um, campaign season, okay? But neither one of those individuals who want to be the next mayor had the guts to be able to do it this time around. And that's what's frustrating to me, okay, because both could have gone and challenged her and probably beat her, okay? So I don't want this – is, this is now, you know, setting the stage for the next morale run for both of those guys, okay, both Moreno and also J.P. Moreno. And, and so we'll see how it kind of plays out. But, but, look, it is what it is. You're not fooling me with, with all these, you know, uh, political gymnastics that's going on right now. But the, 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 the bullseye is on the district attorney right now. And Lisa came out with his report last week that talked about 885-701 releases. He had, to, he, had to, he had to come back and, and correct those figures yesterday. The Metropolitan Crime Commission said that in 2021, it wasn't 885-701 releases. It was actually 1,524-701 releases. 2,565 total felony arrests by the New Orleans Police Department in 2021. 59% of those individuals who committed violent crimes in our city were, were released without screening. 41% or 1,043 of those arrests were, were screened by the DA's office before the 701 deadline. 37%, okay, of violent offenders walked away with, again, not having to be able to have their day in court. Not charged. They didn't get charged within the 60-day limit of being in jail. They didn't get charged, again, for the 150-day limit of being out on bond. So basically, they got a free pass to be able to commit violent crime in the city of New Orleans. Okay? Um, When you look at this, those numbers, it's frightening. It's absolutely frightening. And then part of that is it's been a one-man, in a lot of cases, violent uh, rampage by 18-year-old Tyrese Harris, who was, again, the individual who was arrested for the um, Costco carjacking, right? Uh, he was out on bond, as we mentioned yesterday, a $12,500 bond. He tried to attempt to, to rob, to, to, to carjack someone, to steal someone's car, when he had a weapon on him. We heard the district attorney say a few weeks ago that the reason why these carjackers are getting out is because the charge is not strong enough, that they needed to be charged with armed robbery, okay, uh, with, with a deadly weapon. The the, the uh, DA had a chance to be able to charge Tyrese Harris with armed robbery with a firearm. He turned it down. He turned down the, the attempted stealing of a car. He he actually charged him with – uh, with, uh, with, flight from an officer. We found out now that because of a, a, a cell phone that was dropped at, 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 uh, at this particular uh, attempted, car, attempted uh, um, uh, stealing of a car, that Tyrese Harris was responsible for the first killing of the year, uh, 12-year-old Derek Cash on, on January 3rd. Remember we talked about, the, again, the back-to-back killings of two children that were coming from the same school, and we, we, were, we were just blown away by that? This is the kid that killed that 12-year-old child, okay? Uh, and, of course, he had been involved with, um, with, with as a teen, has a, a long laundry list of, of juvenile crimes. Even the mayor said that she tried to get him into a National Guard program, so she he was... At least the family was trying to do something to be able to get this kid on the straight. Now, he had no interest in doing that. And, again, by not accepting the charges on him, they allowed him to go out and continue for weeks and weeks and weeks. I'm talking about the district attorney's office now uh, to be able to commit more crimes. And, and, And as it normally happens in this case, escalating those crimes, ladies and gentlemen, it goes from, as we've said before, breaking into cars you know, at late, late at night, you know, seeing, with, uh, uh, seeing what you can find in terms of valuables, to, again, the next thing you know, you're involved in maybe a stick-up, then, then you, you're, you're, you graduate to carjacking, armed robbery, okay? All, and then the carjacking is more than just, again, get out the car. It's carjacking with, with, with a weapon. And then, of course, what we saw the other day in dragging a woman down, the, down, down a Costco parking lot, which also escalated to, again, the killing of a 12-year-old kid. This is part and parcel on, again, why, the, why, why, again, we are where we are. The district attorney's office, the magistrates at, at, at criminal court, judges at criminal court have all failed the city of New Orleans. Okay, they made it much more difficult in the New Orleans Police Department, which is down to 900 officers, and rightly so. How would you like to be a cop and, and continue to arrest these individuals? Okay? And over and over again, they're getting out on 7-1 releases. They, they're never being charged, and they're right back on the street to commit more crimes. And then, of course, it's just human nature. If, they, if they're not arresting me and keeping me in jail for this, I am going to escalate it. And they've escalated to the point now, again, that it is the most violent scourge that we've seen in the history of the, the modern history of this city over the last two years because of policy changes that were made within the Cantrell administration and within the NOPD by their superintendent to discontinue these aggressive uh, Tiger units. Okay? Now, they can name what they want, they can call it a different name, uh, they can paint it anywhere they want. But that was the issue. Okay. That was the issue uh, from, from, from Jump. On, again, why we're in this situation. You add to that uh, the the refusal of, 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 again, the court system in New Orleans, the state court system, okay, in, 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 in embracing technology as you and I have had to do in our own homes, in our own work, okay, to do things by Zoom, to be able to have jury trials by Zoom to have a, continue the court system. So again, that the, that, that the criminal court system was still working and still moving despite uh, the pandemic. That did not continue to happen. And then you had a district attorney that ultimately, again, was criticizing the previous district attorney for accepting 90% of the cases. When well, this district attorney uh, is, is taking much less, but again, even the lesser amount of, of cases that he's accepting, he still doesn't have the wherewithal within his office to be able to, again, Stop individuals from going free on 701 releases, 60 days in jail, and 150 days out of jail on bond. And how many, again, criminals have been just let go with, with, with no, no consequence to their actions that allowed them to escalate this to where we are today? So it's very, very frustrating. But I'll say it again, ladies and gentlemen, before we, before we, before we conclude. Uh, hey, New Orleans voters, look in the damn mirror. Look in the mirror, all these Paris voters. Okay? Look in the mirror. Number one, you're apathetic. You, you, had, you had the quality of life at an all-time low in our city, but you didn't have the time to go to the voting booth and vote the, the individuals that, are, that, that were responsible for that out of office. You voted them back in by not showing up. And then those individuals that did show up and, and, and actually pulled pull the lever for these individuals to give them a second chance, a second term, or to buy into the rhetoric of District Attorney, um, uh, District Attorney Williams or, again, the, the new jailer, give me a break. We're supposed to be getting criminals off the street. Instead, we got a jailer that doesn't want to jail, and we got a district attorney that's a former defense attorney that doesn't want to put people in jail. There's something philosophically wrong with that. In a place right now where, again, almost every single no, every single neighborhood, even gated communities, you got to look over your back. Look, like I said it yesterday, and, I, and I'll close with this. You know. Multiple sources tell me it wasn't the main reason why Sean Payton walked away. Sean Payton walked away for personal reasons. I said this in in my tweet to him, well, a few weeks ago. This was a personal decision. That's what I meant with personal decision. But one of the reasons why, and, and again, this has been confirmed by at least four of my sources, is because he did not feel safe. His wife did not feel safe in the city of New Orleans. And this, if I'm Sean Payton, he's doing a disservice to the city of New Orleans by not coming out and saying it. Don't let this radio host say it, off of again, four, um, four sources that, again, that have confirmed this. Sean Payton should stand up behind a microphone and say, look, yes, one of the reasons why we're leaving is because it's not safe in the city. My wife did not feel safe in the city of New Orleans, okay? She did not feel safe going to the gym. She did not feel safe going to a restaurant. She did not feel safe going to get groceries. She did not feel safe. And if that's the case, it should be a wake-up call to everyone. And let me tell you something. Him coming out and being honest and telling people that, instead of, again, saying this behind the scenes to certain individuals that he trusts, would go a long way in maybe pushing people in this town to be able to wake up and realize, again, that he also is a victim in a lot of cases of, again, the the ongoing out-of-control crime in this city. I said it before, and I'll say it again as I close. Those that have the wherewithal to get up and leave will get up and leave. They're not going to stay in Orleans Parish, okay? They're going to move to the North Shore. They're going to move to Metairie. They're going to move to to Plaquemines Parish. They're going to move to St. Bernard. Something has to be done to be able to stop crime, and it starts with, again, your choices as political leaders. So far, especially post-Katrina, Orleans Parish has failed in terms of, again, who they've elected. And it continues that cycle over and over again. And here's where we are: we're one of the most unsafe cities in the in, in, in the entire country, and we have a police force of 900 trying to be able again trying to be able to to stem the the, the again the out of control crime. The numbers just don't add up, and it's frustrating. Special thanks to Lee Zurich. Special thanks to the Metropolitan Crime Commission for the work they do. And may God bless the city of New Orleans. All right, we'll take a break. We come back. Ross Jackson will join us here on the, on the program. We'll talk some saints with him. Uh, don't forget about my friends the Southern Tire, Hickory Airline in Metairie, uh, North Shore, South Shore, East Bankway, West Bank. I don't care where you live. If you're looking for the best deals on tire, go see Southern Tire. Largest selection of tires in the metropolitan area, bar none. And then, of course, when it comes to your vehicle, you, know, you need a mechanic shop you can trust. You can trust Southern Tire. Uh, first of all, a large, largest selection of diagnostic equipment in, in the entire metropolitan area. Nate certified technicians, highest, uh, I'm sorry, ASC certified technicians, highest certification in the industry. Uh, and then truly a company you can trust with your vehicle. The Piazzas have, been, have owned Southern Tire since 1972. That is, that is again, um, decades and decades of individuals that, again, have trusted Southern Tire with their vehicle. You can trust Southern Tire with your vehicle as well. Open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6, Saturdays from 8 to 3. 504-737-1558 is the phone number. Go to Southern Tire. Uh, .com to find out more about uh, what they can provide for their customers southern tire owned by the piazza family since 1972 hickory airline in
2: metairie inside new orleans if it's new orleans sports culture food inside new orleans with eric asher is talking about it we taste it 4 on 1061 nash icon and available online anytime at NashFM1061.com.
5: This report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Staples helps your business grow with custom printed sales and marketing materials. Now get twenty percent off custom printed signs, banners, and posters when you spend seventy-five dollars or more. Offer ends two twenty-six. See staplescom signage for details.
6: Staples, the working and learning store. Look out for an accident that's blocking two right lanes on 10 westbound just before canal street also be mindful that the off-ramp remains blocked due to an accident on 10 eastbound at downman in the meantime look out for delays that are going to be heavy if you're traveling along the 610 on the eastbound side from just before saint bernard to the 10610 merge and on the westbound side backups are steady from canal boulevard to the 10610 merge if you're traveling Along the 10 eastbound, delays are going to be solid from City Park to Downman. Also look out for delays on 10 westbound from Elysian Fields to Canal. Delays pick back up on 10 westbound right at Clearview. Look out for delays that are steady if you're traveling along the eastbound side of the West Bank Expressway, the Crescent City Connection, and the Pontchartrain Expressway from Stumpf Boulevard to the O'Keeffe-Howard Avenue exit. And on the westbound side, delays are steady for on the, along the Pontchartrain Expressway from the claiborne Earhart exit to the St. Charles-Carondelet exit. And look out for delays on the 310 on the southbound side from before St. Rose to the Luling-Hornville exit. I'm at Robinson broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Brandner Traffic Center.
1: Forget about my friends at Dave Miet Insurance. Look, if it's time for, now's the time for an insurance checkup. Uh, whether it is your flood insurance or your home insurance, uh, again, rates are going up. Don't settle for what the insurance company is giving you. Go, go to a company you can trust. That's Dave Miet Insurance. 556 0809 D A V E M I L O E T I N S Dave can search over 50 companies to find you the best price for the best coverage for you. Whether, again, you're a commercial customer, residential customer, whether you're looking for, again, liability insurance, builder's risk, workman's comp, commercial property insurance, maybe automobile coverage uh, for your business or for, or for your personal, uh, or, again, again insurance for your home, whether that be flood insurance or, again, insurance insuring your home and its valuables. Dave Miet Insurance, again, 556-0809. You want to save, call Dave at 504-556-0809.
3: Traffic is brought to you by D.A. Exterminating. Proud to be locally
0: owned and serving over 60 years. D.A. Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call D.A. now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com.
3: Tackle your worst cold and flu symptoms with Max Strength NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, sore throat, stuffy head, aching fever, best sleep with a cold, medicine. Use as directed.
7: Find it in the cold and flu aisle at a Walmart near you.
3: AC
1: breaks down, heater's not working, need help? Think Burkhardt, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Doesn't matter what type of brand or system you have at your home or your business, Burkhardt is authorized to service it. And if you're looking for a new system, they have some of the top brands in the industry for you. Uh, Truly a company can trust. Nate-certified technicians, 15 trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call before they come to your home or your business, only doing the work that's necessary, and, of course, treating your home or business like their home or business when they are, again, installing a new system. Uh, before you sign that contract with any other company, think Bur- uh, reach out to Burkhardt and allow them to give you a price. That's acpromise.com, acpromise.com. All right, joining us on the program uh, from Locked on Saints podcast, a busy, busy day, I'm sure, just like for us, is Ross Jackson. Ross, how you doing?
5: Hey, Larry, glad to be here with you, buddy, doing just fine. Busy as always, but glad to be here nonetheless. Hope you're doing all right, buddy
1: doing fantastic wanted to get you on for a couple reasons today obviously you had a you had a bird's eye view at the senior bowl last year last week i want to talk about that but the big story today obviously is again the introduction of dennis allen as the 11th head coach of the new orleans saints your thoughts on the hire and then we'll kind of get into in, in, into uh, you know some different layers as well
5: yeah for sure so the hire was you know one that we thought would make sense right he felt like the front runner all along defensive coordinator dennis allen Spent 12 of those last, or 12 of those 15 years, 16 years with Sean Payton at the helm. Uh, You know, it started off there as an assistant defensive line coach, moving up to secondary, and then eventually coming back to New Orleans and moving up to interim defensive coordinator, and then helped to revitalize defense in the city of New Orleans and for the New Orleans Saints franchise. He's been there through all the culture changes that this team has endured over those you know, 15 to 16 years that he was a part of it. And uh, he seemed to be the one that made the most sense, especially with a, you know, national spotlight on his interview, which was a nine to zero shutout of the reigning Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Seemed like it was going to be trending this way the whole time. And that's where the New Orleans Saints ended up as expected.
4: Now,
1: Ross, there was a report this morning that said that uh, Pete Carmichael is not going to be the offensive coordinator. Uh, have you, Have you heard that report? If you have, we able to follow up and find any information on it. And if, if you have, what is that information?
5: Yeah, I, I have heard that report that I followed up on it a, a bit. And I mean, you know, the only information that's really available at the moment is that it seems that Pete Carmichael will remain on the staff, but he won't remain as the offensive coordinator, which means that the Saints now have both coordinator roles to fill. They'll have to fill the defensive coordinator role, which, of course, was vacated by Dennis Allen, in terms of him stepping up and taking the head coaching position, then no they'll need to fill that offensive coordinator spot. So, um, you know, at the moment, no decisions have been made. I imagine that we'll see a lot of progress toward that over the next couple of weeks, though, because you probably want to get all of that sort of situated and figured out before you get to the scouting combine at the beginning of March.
1: That's the head scratcher for me, Ross. I got to be honest with you. Uh, the offensive scheme, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, again, if anything, of uh, anything you want to want to hold over outside of the culture from Sean Payton is the offensive scheme. Uh, you know, right. I mean, other teams have tried to grab that offensive scheme, right? Uh, so. Uh, is how much of a change are we going to see in that offensive scheme? Uh, is it that maybe the, the, the doesn't trust Carmichael in terms of calling the plays? Uh, I'm not sure what the situation is there, but you know, Carmichael seemed to have the keys to, to, again, all the knowledge of that particular scheme after working hand-in-hand with both Breeze and Peyton you know, almost for the full tenure here in New Orleans.
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you looked at the triumvirate effectively that maintained the New Orleans Saints offense since 2006, and it was the combination of Sean Payton, Drew Brees, and Pete Carmichael. Pete Carmichael was the guy that taught, installed, evolved, changed, that did everything uh, with the with the offensive system and making sure that the players were up to speed in terms of what it was they wanted to run and execute on a season by season basis, but also on a Sunday by Sunday basis. And so it was a little bit surprising to me. I thought Pete Carmichael would be a shoe-in to be the play-calling offensive coordinator. Did it in 2011, had a fantastic year there, had a fantastic offensive year in 2012 as well, and has done it. You know, off on and off sparingly since then as well. And so I thought maybe that he would step into that role. But it seems like either he is not comfortable with that role Mm -hmm. or the Saints aren't comfortable with that role. I'm not sure which side it is there, but for whatever, for whichever side it is, it seems that Pete Carmichael won't continue on as the offensive coordinator. And so you're going to be looking for an offensive coordinator out there who has experience calling plays or that you're comfortable calling plays. It's going to be really interesting to see who they pursue and how they figure that part out.
1: Yeah, now defensive coordinator, if they elevate from within, the fact that that, uh, uh, that when you look at Dennis Allen, he said today he's going to be calling the plays on defense, that is defensive coordinator in name only in a lot of cases. I don't know who you can, can, can maybe um, uh, lure from outside of the organization. The key is, who would be willing to do that within inside the organization? Uh, and, of course, we've heard a couple names. Richard obviously is one of those. But, again, he might be a hot commodity outside of the, um, uh, outside of the facility. Uh, and, and, of course, a defensive line coach uh, as well. Uh, when you start looking at um, at Ryan Nielsen, who, again, is, is, is coveted outside the organization as well. What do you think happens with the D.C.
5: Uh, job? Yeah, I think, personally, I think that one's going to be elevated from within, and it's going to be one of those two names, Ryan Nielsen or, or Chris Richard. And, you know, Ryan Nielsen, you elevate him from assistant head coach and defensive line coach up to that position of defensive coordinator, and then you have some folks in, internally that you can also elevate into defensive line coaching. But, you know, you can go and find that position coach elsewhere as well. The secondary coach, a little bit harder to replace for Chris Richard, as you mentioned, hot commodity outside of New Orleans, had interviews with Indianapolis, with Pittsburgh, and with Baltimore. Unfortunately, for uh, you know Coach Russard, those roles all filled up, but he still has the potential of having you know a fourth option here and could potentially be elevated within the New Orleans Saints organization. So that would be my expectation is that that one will come from within the New Orleans Saints organization, but they will, I'm sure that they'll do just like they did with the head coaching hire and have as much of an extensive search as they can uh, in terms of going out there. but the role might be a little bit less appealing for exterior candidates who are looking to call plays as defensive coordinators.
1: Did like what Mickey Loomis said today that it was a collaborative effort in terms of again naming the head coach. My hope is that that 's what it 's going to be going forward in terms of again when it comes to personnel uh, you know Ireland Parrington has done a nice job over the last few years in identifying players that fit within within this uh, this roster and this culture i uh, 'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, again where Peyton was a guy that made the final call on personnel that those guys will be part of it and I mentioned today by by uh, uh Dennis Allen that again he feels he needs to be part of that conversation as well.
5: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I mean, if if you're going to do that with anybody, Dennis Allen is the head coaching candidate that makes the most sense to do it because he's been there. I mean, he's he was there in 2006 in a different role, but he was there and he ended up, you know, elevating and spending time with the Saints for a while and a bunch of different um, capacities, but he's been there for all the culture changes. Right, the 2006 culture change, the Super Bowl winning culture change, the the, the the tough years of 14, 15, and 16, and then the revolutionary change for this team in 2017, which was largely sparked by putting together a defense that was fit there, or putting together the personnel with the help of Jeff Ireland as a new addition there. Uh, that was in the vision of Dennis Allen in terms of what he wanted that defense to look like, and so we've seen that Dennis Allen can make you know be a part of that decision-making process, particularly over on the defensive side, and he has shown that he can be successful there. And so this New Orleans Saints organization has always been about sort of the the synergistic uh, relationship between all the different parties and all the different roles, and so I expect that they'll continue that. I don't think that Dennis Allen will have the same level of pull and the same level of. Uh, of decision-making prowess, as of mm-hmm. course Sean Payton, you know, earned over the course of his tenure. But Not I do sure. think that he deserves to be a big part of that that conversation. All
1: right, let's let's talk. Um, first of all, are, are you happy with with, with the uh, with the selection?
5: I am. I am. Um, you know, again, it was the hire that many of us expected that made the most sense for the team, especially when you heard Mickey Loomis speak from the very beginning about wanting to maintain the nebulous of the organization. They wanted to make sure, or the, ne- uh, excuse me, the nucleus of the organization, about wanting to. Um, you know, not jump into a rebuild situation or get into a situation to where they're, you know, undoing anything. So Dennis Allen was the guy that made the most sense. And if that those were the goals, they wanted somebody that was familiar with the culture, familiar with the roster, and had head coaching experience to check all the
4: boxes with Dennis Allen.
1: All right, let's shift gears to, to Alvin Kamara and the situation in Las Vegas. And what do you think the fallout of that will be uh, on the legal side? And, and then as far as the NFL goes, in terms of possibly again fine and suspension.
5: Yeah, look, this is going to be a really tough one to follow. I mean, it's for to just to speculate on. I mean, you know, there are a couple of things that just kind of make you wonder. I mean, you've got a battery charge with the result of significant injury, which is usually something that can be placed into uh, felony situations, but a bond set at only $5,000 when usually that bond is, you know, according to folks that I've talked to, usually around fifty dollars to $100,000. And so it's a little bit, uh, you know, inconsistent in terms of what that is, but in terms of body cam footage or, or rather uh, surveillance footage and, you know, the way that the surveillance footage seems to corroborate the Uh, reports of the victim who was assaulted and Alvin Ramirez's role within that. I I don't think that they're going to take any of this lightly. And certainly, you know, the legal process will be one that will play out. His court date has been pushed. Uh, I believe it is pushed until March at this point, early March. And, um, you know, once that legal proceeding is done in terms of the the the, local government and and Los Angeles Metro, excuse me, uh, Las Vegas Metro, Mm -hmm. then the NFL will make its decisions too. And there's a good chance that the New Orleans Saints walk into 2022 without Alvin Kamara for at least the first few games based upon anything that we considered conduct detrimental or uh, dangerous conduct or however it is that they want to look at it, you know, violation of the code of conduct policy for players.
1: How much does this change what the Saints are doing in the off season? Look, I think we talked about it last week. They need to add a running back. But it seems yeah. now if Kamara's going to miss between one and four games that you better have a solution, uh, you know, in, in terms of a quality running back to come in and play for you, whether you're getting that in the draft or free agency. What are your thoughts?
5: Yeah, and I actually think that, you know, well, we talked about it before. We talked about getting a second running back or another running back. to Maybe learn from Alvin Kamara, excuse me, Mark Ingram about being that you know tandem running back with Alvin Kamara. And now I think it kind of shifts a little bit. Maybe you do have to go to a more proven veteran and have to go to free agency for the position at this point. Now it's great that the Saints still have Mark Ingram on contract going into next season. They were able to, in the midst of swindling the, uh, in the midst of swindling the, team, right. the Texans for a trade in the first place, they also got them to give the guy an extension for them as well. So that worked out really well in the Saints' favor. So they'll have uh, Mark Ingram, they'll have a guy that excited them quite a bit in Tony Jones Jr. going into next season. But I do think that you know, looking at some of these uh, free agent running backs that are going to be available, these guys like Leonard Fournette, these guys like George Howard, I think that getting a veteran running back in free agency should be something that the Saints look at doing because then you end up in a situation to where you have something to help you carry you through potentially those first four games of the season or so, whatever. if, if a suspension is in the stars for... Alvin Kamara, but then you also have somebody to pair up with him and Alvin and Mark Ingram throughout the rest of the season as well. So, uh, you know, you kind of have to look at this from both angles of what do you do without and then how do you get somebody that compliments when he's back?
3: Yeah,
1: it, it's, a t- it's tough. Uh, you're, you're hoping Michael Thomas is going to come back healthy and you'd have him. Uh, now you're uh, possibly losing Kamara for maybe the first quarter of the season. Uh, you know, that, that's not a good thing as well. So we'll see how it kind of plays out. And, again, that's a tough, tough deal for Dennis Allen to have to deal with com- coming right out the box. Always appreciate your time, my friend. Tell everybody about your fantastic podcast. I think, it again, is one of the most detailed podcasts out there. Also, again, how they can follow you on social media.
5: Hey, absolutely. Look, always a pleasure. Thanks so much, as always, for the kind words, Eric. Always a pleasure to be here with you. Y'all can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson N-O-L-A. N-O-L-A. It's a place to keep up with everything going on with the New Orleans Saints. And, of course, we got the Locked on Saints podcast every Monday through Friday, 25 to 30 minutes, making sure you got everything that you need that's free and available on all podcasting platforms, on YouTube as well. I'm out here in Los Angeles right now at Radio Row all week, so just trying to bring everything that I'm hearing, bring everything that we're learning while we're out here. So uh, great place to, to keep up with everything going on with the Saints.
1: Man, love the way you hustle. Thanks so much for joining us. Mobile last week, Los Angeles this week. Great job as always.
5: Hey, appreciate you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon, all right? Be safe now.
1: All right, there you go. Ross Jackson, Locked on Saints podcast. He's doing it right. All right, uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. Remember, again, the sports talk continues right here on 106.1 with uh, Jude Young uh, following our program, so don't go anywhere. Hickory & Airline and Menory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. Oceana Grill, bourbon at Conti and Conti in the French Quarter. Voted top 10 U.S. restaurant for everyday dining by TripAdvisor. Open seven days a week, home in New Orleans' best breakfast. There's something for everyone on our menu. Serving Cajun Creole dishes that will delight for lunch and dinner, fantastic cocktails that will amaze, come dine in our authentic French Quarter courtyard, we have five private rooms that can accommodate from 10 to 120 guests for dining our your next event. Oceana Grill is family-friendly, but perfect for an incredible dining experience with friends or that special someone. Order online for delivery at oceanagrill.com. Oceanic Grill is the best time off Bourbon Street. take it from me eric asher if you have any problems with your heating system you can trust burkhart to be there right away and get you back up and running and if you know you need to replace that heating system this year you can trust burkhart to treat you with respect and get the job done right and you can always trust burkhart to give you a fair price for heating this year trust burkhart visit acpromise.com that's acpromise.com and tell them eric sent you
0: Finding the perfect romantic gift she'll love is easy at Diamonds Direct this Valentine's with an expanded selection of designer jewelry and our best offer ever, five years zero interest financing. Your love is always our passion at Diamonds Direct, but especially on Valentine's Day, so we're holding nothing back. Pick any item, get our best value price, and spread your payments over five years with zero interest financing. Everything's included. Diamond stud earrings, diamond eternity bands, layered necklaces, pendants, bangles, colored gemstones, and of course, the largest selection of diamonds and engagement rings in America. And this weekend, we're also showcasing all new collections from our top designers, like Takori, Viragio, Simon G., and others. No matter what you choose for the one you love, you'll get the best price and five years zero-interest financing. We're even open this Sunday with special pregame shopping hours 11 to 4. Get more details and even shop online at DiamondsDirect.com. Diamonds Direct. Your love. Our passion. Unapproved credit.
2: Still searching for a meaningful career with a company you can grow with? Great news. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant is hiring. Positions include cooks, servers, and bartenders, with starting pay up to $13 an hour. Benefits include student loan reimbursement, child care reimbursement, 401K, and health insurance. If you truly stand out among your peers, then Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant wants to talk to you. Apply online at BobbyABear's.com or stop by the restaurant on Veterans in Metairie.
6: All right,
1: folks, that's it for me. Thanks so much for tuning in. I want to thank Ross Jackson for joining us on the program. Uh, I want to thank Rudy back at studio producing. Also, want to thank you for listening. As always, whether you're listening on the podcast, on the airways at 106.1 FM, or again, uh, as always, appreciate it. Don't forget, support our sponsors. Thanks to the sponsors, sponsor our program. Go to Ericash.com for a slideshow to sponsor, and sponsor our show. And as always, please continue to support our sponsors. Uh, as always. Keep it right here on 106.1, because coming up next is Jude Young with All Access. Uh, on the award-winning Inside New in Sports this week, Garland Gill and Fox Aves will join me. So a lot to talk about this week as we go forward. Have a wonderful evening. My name is Eric Asher. For the dog catch the governor. that includes the mayor. They all got to go.